Hello and welcome. Thank you for receiving our transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches. In the 80s, a show was created with a specific intention of selling action figures to children. And it did that. It did that as good as anyone ever has. It somehow managed to capture the imaginations of kids everywhere. It eventually, comic books, uh, even a live action movie. But before the Ninja Turtles, there was He-Man. And, and it kind of <laughs> did the exact same thing. Lumberdor. All I can say is good journey. And um, is there a, a Dolph Lundgren movie where he, he's not? Not wearing clothes. Not not wearing clothes. Wait, he's got that skull shirt. It's an interesting shirt. double double negative. For a bit. <laughs> For a bit. <laughs> and Doug. You know, we have the movie that finally uh, asks if the loneliness of good is equal to the loneliness of evil. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> so to continue our little flop streak we have going... Our conversation this week will be centered around the 1987 cult classic Masters of the Universe, directed by alleged rapist Gary Goddard. Masters of the Universe was such a critical and commercial failure, it contributed to the closure of Canon Films, the studio that made it. Objectively, the film is bad on just about every conceivable level. The production was a rush nightmare and suffered from problems with funding, interference from both corporate and studio entities. The hasty conclusion was shot as the sets were being disassembled because the production had already been scrapped. And many of the costumes, which I personally enjoy, were so heavy and difficult to move around in that they caused the actors incredible pain and bruises just from wearing them. All of these problems and more are obvious in the film itself. And yet it is so much fun to goof on with a group of friends, which is what we're going to do. If you enjoy our discussions and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, Consider visiting either our Patreon page or our website at OurMidnightCake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Be sure to join us next week as we break the flop streak to discuss the 2022 black comedy, The Menu, directed by Mark Mylod. Lumberdor, why don't you tell us about Masters of the Universe? All right, so you got um, these people <laughs> in clothing that's kind of <laughs> there and kind of not. You got mustache. And then you got these weird troll-like creatures. And then you have robotic henchmen. Robotic that henchmen. robotic henchman. You've got yeah. this gnome creature that likes to get chicken sauce in his beard and just oh, destroy creature. the costumer's day. Oh <laughs> yeah, I was Billy Barty. Billy Barty yeah. has been in so many movies, but I, I recognized him from Willow as the High Nell one. Yes. Yep. But I mean, the the best casting was obviously uh, Man at Arms, just by the mustache alone. So I mean, oh, mustache of justice, he has <laughs> the scene where he drinks the sauce for the ribs. Really, yes, that's it's very problematic for me to watch that scene. <laughs> I just I see. I just wonder how much of it goes down into the mask. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm thinking how much is going down in his chin. I think that the makeup artist just off screen just no. No, no. <laughs> who told him to drink the sauce <laughs> billy barty he's yeah. a he's a man of his craft you know oh dedicated dedicated if, he, man. if there's a sauce oh. he's gonna douse himself in it <laughs> and then there's a friend to you and me miss uh courtney cox in here as well 
Oh, yes. I found out something I didn't know um, in this viewing. The sorceress goes on to play her mother in Friends. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a neat little connection. I was just kind of excited about her jean jacket that she has. It's made out of <laughs> pants. Yes. The collar is the waistband for a pair of pants. In the front, she has pockets from a pair of pants. All of the buttons are from the fly, button-up flies. (laughs) Assimilated together into this glorious jean jacket. The real problem with this movie was that she didn't get to run away from her boyfriend. Star Trek Voyager's Lieutenant Tom Paris, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she went on to be in one of the most popular sitcoms ever, and he went on to, to be on Voyager. I mean... To be like in one else. of the most popular Star Trek shows, if you're counting all the new Star Trek shows. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much the same trajectory. And then you've got uh, the principal from Back to the Future who gets to live on another planet with his lady he just found that was nowhere oh, else yeah, in the movie. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's he's blowing people away with shotguns. and I like that he was kind of a schmuck because that's kind of how he's typecast, I guess. But he, he was also a decent cop. Yeah, he seemed to be. Like yeah. he was doing his job. You, you thought he was at first you think he's just tossing the kid in the uh, the car because he's annoyed with him. But they're going to go look for the girl. And being first on the scene, he only has so much information. He doesn't even know that there's a that there would be a girl to go look for. So it's being this uh, schmuck when they bring out the person, they're like, that's the only thing they found. And he says, this was Julie's. Where did you find it? He goes, where do you think? (laughs) (laughs) He said, don't let anybody else but Carl in here. You knew who Carl was because he had a big C on his jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Carl. (laughs) Oh, my. I would have forgiven Carl for just crapping his pants just as soon as Beastman showed (laughs) up. Oh, no kidding. Oh, oh and what, what about that? Um, I forgot the name of the character, but the but the snake man with the uh, yeah, Sauron. With that Sauron. Yeah, Sauron yeah. on his with his with his neck that just undulates. Yeah. <laughs> I read that the actor it's did really that cool. himself. He had a tube what? and he inflated it when they wanted it to expand. Oh, that's wow. amazing. And he's the first to die because his costume was the most expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought he was the coolest looking one though. I, I did pray that the designers were really upset with his early death. He's he's the coolest looking one. When he died, I thought, what? No. <laughs> uh, one thing that's right in line. I, I think this is something that the movie gets a lot of crap for, which is not having a lot of the, you know, you don't have what Trap Jaw and Merman and Manny Faces. Yeah. Three out of four of these mercenaries are new characters, but that's right in line with He-Man because in the end, again, this is all to sell new action figures. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is yeah. based on a series of action figures. <laughs> yeah. And as far as them setting it on Earth, I mean, you had already had the the syndication-friendly 65 Avengers in Eternia, so why not have them go to Earth? And this is something that you brought up before, Beaches, and they don't make any mention of all in the movie or much mentioned in the series, but that P-Man's mother is from Earth. And mm-hmm. I know that yeah. it doesn't factor into the movie at all, but that could have been something. There was in. either a written scene that was never shot or a deleted scene where Man-at-Arms was actually going to find uh, underneath Grayskull some like flags from like future Earth. 
And so the notion was, you know, there's the idea of bending time. Mm-hmm. The notion was that Eternia was basically people who had come from Earth. That would be cool. Like a like a Planet of the Apes kind of thing. Star Wars is pre-Earth a long time ago in a galaxy far away. And Eternia is future. <laughs> it's, all, it's all connected. The sorceress did a good job seeing as that her entire acting was done from a standing position standing in, in one a place. <laughs> Sorry, we cannot afford for you to move outside of our special effects. You will stand there the whole movie. <laughs> we already set up the light. We yeah, cannot but, move and, it. And for and for for such a small role, <laughs> she I mean, made she has the most amazing costume. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh yeah the whole headdress the uh, the, gown, the crown everything. thing is amazing again was... if you want to know where 10 million dollars went it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was straight into these costumes her costume and a couple of the other ones were pretty accurate as far as like realistic versions of like the uh the characters they were based on they were pretty pretty close i mean some oh, were the some sorceress were. looks like a bird in the costume <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i'm not denying uh, uh, that but like <laughs> color scheme at least was right okay <laughs> color scheme at least <laughs> i like that skeletor had um i and i i like the whole thing of he-man you know kind of differentiating itself from conan or anything by being more of a space you know there's not just like swords and sorcery there's also lasers <laughs> So many lasers. Yeah. yeah. So I like that uh, Skeletor had like uh, the galactic version of Google Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that can travel through dimensions and time and space. <laughs> Don't take notes, Google. I want that. To, yeah. I want, I want that backstory. I want to know where they got that from. <laughs> oh, and, and Skeletor's costume also. You know, it's not, you know, he, he doesn't have the, the yellow skull and the purple. But it's nice. And you see it, you instantly think Skeletor. Like, yes. Yeah. And it's imposing and it looks like an evil creature. I think my main issue with it was he showed almost too too much emotion through the mask. You wanted to see like a, like a Muppet, like skull flapping sure. open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know it, you know it. <laughs> but. You have to like, um. Langella not doing a, a Skeletor high pitched voice, right? Did you like the voice? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. His performance yeah. was excellent. No, he He's was awesome. he was good, but yeah. He like was just about things, really. the perfect translation of the more cartoony Skeletor into yeah. a live action version. Whereas He Man was kind of just like this is this is an okay this is He Man basically. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, even in the cartoons, there isn't a whole lot of depth to his character. And that right. happens a lot with these things where the, the villain is so much more interesting. They yeah. set up early on that uh, boyfriend has perfect pitch. He, he's, a, yeah. he's a singer, songwriter, I guess, a musician that's going to come into play later on because apparently the key to uh, interdimensional space and time travel is music. Because the universe is music. <laughs> yes. The universe is music. Well, music like is, Gildor says, and like, music sure. is math, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's great. And then you have Dolph Lundgren. And, uh, yeah, he'd go on to do more Dolph Lundgren films. Apparently, they were going to dub his lines for this movie, and they just ran out of money, and they're like, ah, the heck with it. We'll just use what we got. But, nah. It wasn't bad, though. <laughs> I didn't no, think he was that bad. To learn that he, he, he barely spoke English at this point. Dolph Lundgren yeah. is act- actually speaks like four languages and has like some degree in like oh, chemistry or degree he's or an something. accomplished 
fellow. He's like a super smart dude, too. Yeah, you know, he's like, like just extremely, like, extremely smart. He just like, happens I'm pretty sure to be he's a got big he, guy who does kickboxing. He's a genuine martial artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which uh, lent to him doing a lot of his own stunts for this. And they're yeah. also like, we can't afford a stunt man. Could you? As was Blade. I, I, I think yep. he. Yeah. Could you do this? Yeah, I think Blade helped with the choreography as well, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Not Wesley Snipes. The, One moment, the character Blade in One moment I Masters noticed this the time that I had not before was when Blade's threatening him. Um, I'm trying to think of his name, but the boyfriend. He's threatening the boyfriend with a knife when when uh, Evil Lynn, uh, you know, t- oh, yeah, t- yeah. calls him off. He, he just slams it right beside his head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just bam, yeah. like right into the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, Blade, don't tell him you're going to do it. Just do it. <laughs> we, we want that real reaction i think there's a lot of that in this movie yeah. it's like oh i went through the table i don't know if i was supposed to do that but here i am so, on the floor the first like 15 18 minutes of this are almost a he-man movie. <laughs> I mean, yep yeah you're right? kind of, you're kind of duped into thinking hey this is eternia this looks this looks decent the, the throne room looks great Oh like, yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, beautiful yeah. matte paintings. That's one of the things I wrote down. Soltis is I miss matte paintings. It looks oh, so right. cool. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that throne room—they combined two sound stages to create that, so it was one of the largest sets in in like years. Oh wow! Nice. Didn't know that. And this is a canon movie. Yes, yes. which Just we can go into a whole deals. other discussion yeah, about yeah, yeah. canon studio in and of itself. Their their story is wild. There's a great documentary about Canon Films. Uh, maybe you've seen it. Oh, was uh, it does, the Go Go Boys? The, whole... the inside story of Canon Films, or or was that Electric Boogaloo? The wild untold story of Canon Films. I think I saw the because Electric there, there are two documentaries of which I know that we're <laughs> watching them both the, and the we're studio. talking about. <laughs> but essentially, this movie and Superman Four, uh, both were expensive and both flopped. Oh, yes. Um, and it and it put them out of business. But apparently they're going to use the money from these movies to make a Spider-Man movie, which... Yeah, they held the rights to, to Spider-Man in the 80s. See, I that would have been a gift, I would have liked guys. to have seen that, though. See what they... That would have been a gift. Do. Oh, man. But yes, the opening, the throne room, all the characters first coming out. I thought, like, Gwildor's lab, lair, house. Yeah. I like that. Okay. It's like really cool. Like oh, there's yeah. all these crazy gadgets and things all over the walls. It's, I, it's I love really... that we've got an obvious hobbit hole here, and his line is, uh, <laughs> I, I hate adventures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, also, I like the gag. This is not a comedy, but I, I, it was an obvious gag about all the all the various locks and then that last little chain lock. <laughs> yes, the chain lock at the end. <laughs> Also, he's got a secret passage directly to Castle Grayskull. To the caverns underneath Grayskull. That's pretty convenient. You would think uh, uh, Skeletor would have been more interested in that. (laughs) Oh, right. I did, however, like all the... Skeletor's like minions had all these like Darth Vader looking helmets that oh, yeah, oh, yeah, heavy, yeah. heavy Star Wars influence. Definitely Skeletor never looks so much like Darth Vader. But you even notice like like his cuffs were kind of yes. like robotic and blinky. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at the level of detail that went into all the costumes and the props, no matter how impractical they were. They, but they did not skip on the costuming detail. there. 
You know, this is where they introduced the idea of Skeletor having a cape and it stuck for future incarnations. Also with a He-Man, but it did not stick. <laughs> 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 I was wondering which came first, the vaguely Superman theme or the red cape? Yeah. <laughs> did anyone else think they were watching Jeopardy when the movie first starts? <laughs> with those big blue title cards? <laughs> I think by then they had run out of money. Speaking Blue, of matte paintings, that was one white text. That was one badass gray skull. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I would awesome. have loved to have had that toy. Very dark. You mean fantasy. like at the very beginning, the the voiceover mm-hmm. intro? Yeah, mm-hmm. that thing looks awesome. Apparently, there were plans to have the Snake Mountain too. So I'm disappointed that we didn't get that. That would have been nice. We did get a battle cruiser bring <laughs> down. The abandoned streets of Los Angeles, at which I'm pretty sure the was a very elaborate fan boat <laughs> at this point, based on the like, back look of it and the glowing Skeletor's parade float. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parade. <laughs> I just love like how no one cared or noticed as well. Yeah. It's like no one noticed anything. <laughs> like interdimensional the, invasion. The principal cop guy was like, "We don't know, dude. Come on, there's stuff happening. Why does no one else see it?" My favorite part, though, that I'd forgotten about was the uh action sequences with he-man on the roombas flying around the city mm. like i'd <laughs> forgotten all about up. that it made me think of um highlander 2 renegade edition where for some reason there's an extended <laughs> hoverboard sequence it's like yeah. the same oh. in this movie it's like you know what now we're doing this honestly for the budget and the time i think they probably did the best they could do you could see like um, that it was just, you know, like cutouts and, and they were animating like still images. Yeah. They cut away to where they're obviously just like on the backs of trucks or something. And and they're they're much, much livelier. I'm going to sway back and forth. Oh, man, my hair is totally blowing in the wind, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like those are like, you know, it's very 80s lasers. You had some of that early, like um, when the when they fire up the cosmic key, and some of the actors were were good enough to know what they were staring at, and where to look at, just like, ah, Mm -hmm. what am I looking at? (laughs) (laughs) Due to some of the canon's budget problems, uh, the movie was shut down early. They didn't get to film the 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 final battle between Mm -hmm. um, He Man and Skeletor. And he he went back and begged and begged and uh, finally got them to give him a little money and and let him let him film it. But uh, like they had to have the uh, the stuntman there. I guess they didn't have uh, Frank Langella back. Um, and uh, <laughs> and that's why it ends on a different set. They'd already yeah, uh, yeah the slightly the more epic uh, uh, death for Skeletor they had planned ended up being what it was. Very Hans Gruber. <laughs> yes very on screen it's like they start the fight and suddenly it's just a black background behind. well see they use <laughs> their they lighting the properly unlike later. dc and wonder woman too so i yeah. saw in some they cover things with good effects frank langella actually worked out and and uh uh you know got his body together for this because he thought they were doing like the cartoon skeletor and he wanted them to show more of his his body because he had worked on it. His rippling muscles. <laughs> and and they just did not want a a, a sexy skeleton. <laughs> so strange, strange Star, Star Wars sexy skeleton. Sexy fact here. <laughs> Apparently, uh, David Prowse. That I didn't realize this. Um, mm-hmm. He was a bodybuilder. 
like oh yeah the guy that, yeah. that played darth vader so i didn't realize that for a long time it's just an odd odd thing yeah yeah and that was that was one of the reasons why he was cast was because he was so huge and yeah. to be so imposing and and it's terrifying. also why he moves so slow am i right yes yeah <laughs> he's like look i'd love to do an elaborate sword fight but i can't move my arm higher than this he he made an imposing <laughs> villain i feel like that's why you get the uh the, in, the darth vader inspiration in this movie and even even in oh, Ninja yeah. turtles with shredder the, with shredder, clearly yeah yeah. Uh, yeah 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 what about uh tila's costume was odd that um your hero was half naked through most of the movie but both your 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 lady characters are fully clothed <laughs> that's probably standard in Dolph's contract i mean if you follow the yes. rest of his work <laughs> there's emphasis below the belt for Dolph, and uh even brandon lee mentions <laughs> it at points in in their in their co-acting path so i mean i'm pretty sure that's in his contract you know you know, you talk about the target audience, but she actually wore less in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, I know. I mean, she did. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. right. No, no, yeah. this was, and I, I remember when I was getting ready to, to sit down and watch this, and I was trying to remember. Okay, this is this is rated PG, but this is 80s PG. Is this, is this post PG 13 right, PG right, right. or is this pre PG 13 PG? <laughs> But this like Ma- Mattel, Mattel had their hand on this. I I, mm-hmm. I remember reading that yeah. they uh, specifically uh, they insisted that He Man was to kill no one on screen. Yeah, yeah. All of the fights are completely bloodless. Yes, and... yes. The stormtroopers are robots, and they explode. Oh, talk about explosions! R- the very beginning, very beginning yes. thing you get explosion, Eternia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice an explosion this time. Um, one in particular, it was the microwave. And I had never thought about how close these two actors are. To oh, microwave they are when right it on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bam, it just blows up. It's, I, I totally I forgive them for having a uh, fire extinguisher right there. <laughs> we all keep our fire extinguishers beside the microwave. <laughs> what about that Gwildor, huh? Gwildor. Gwildor. I I have heard he two versions car. of this story. Um one was that no, this movie was supposed to be based more on the uh the toy line, which was different. Filmation got the toy line and turned it into the story. So if you ever read the comics that came with the toys, don't match up. Yeah. So that's one story, and that's why you don't have like Battle Cat or Orco and He Man's little he's not Prince Adam. But well, I've also heard that Gwildor, <laughs> Gwildor was specifically created to be an Orco stand-in. They didn't think they could make a flying little sorcerer dude. So, and I get that. Interesting that they opted to go with like the uh, the scientists instead of the magician. So instead of it being like a spell that uh, Orco knows that can, you know, trans people across time and space, it's a device that Gwildor has has invented. Mm-hmm. So they could get in their Jack Kirby gadgets, since apparently they're big Jack Kirby fans. <laughs> it apparently looks just like a Japanese synthesizer. <laughs> I think when he pulled up with the car and he talks about, I don't know when he had the time to do this. He talked about modifying it from, I guess, like fossil fuels to, he said it runs on neutrinos. And neutrinos. instantly my turtle brain clicked in and I was like, you know, the neutrinos from the turtles drove cars like that. 
They did. <laughs> this must have been parallel thinking because these two things came out the same year. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I enjoy about this movie and really anything from this time period is that it's just, it's in that weird part of like the 80s that just kind of anything went like anything's classified as a kid's movie. Anything can be thrown in in an action movie and like this you see so many weird things that probably wouldn't even make it past the writing room today and there's like okay just go with it yeah we're just doing it well well you know you you, you guys we shouldn't say goodbye we should all say <laughs> good, good journey, journey. Good journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that took way too long <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. Are you eating pizza? It's consummate professional. The last three hours, man. A, a better question would be, is he ever not eating pizza? <laughs> or a better question, why aren't we all eating pizza? <laughs> okay. You know, my children <laughs> are causing me so much stress right now. <laughs> And and the best cure for that high blood pressure <laughs> is, it, is pizza. <laughs> so wait. So are you stress eating pizza or are they being so no, stressful? Um, this is you're just now eating. Yes, the second. Okay. If I was stress eating, I'd be down in like a whole sheet cake right now or something, but I didn't have one of those available. So like an anaconda devouring its prey. Just goes to a sheet cake. Just like, I, the jaw. I, I understand. I understand Homer Simpson's rage. You know? It, oh, yes. It, the longer I live on this earth. Without admitting to, to have Simpson. ever strangled your children, you understand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I've never done that. But, I mean, I can see by the intent can understand the mentality that that got him there. <laughs>